0: People, This is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com. I'm an evolutionary astrologer and an energy worker and also a channel. And uh, I do readings, consultations, healings, coaching. I tutor. And there's a a treasure chest of channeled audio, astrology audio, astrology courses, healing courses, and also books. Uh, There are 16 books uh, at this point uh, that I have self-published. And uh, six of those are channeled, and uh, what you're going to hear today is an excerpt from the first part of the sixth channeled book, Slavery and Soul. In one important way, the books stand alone, in a very important way. You know, you can jump into the third, fourth, fifth book, whatever. Uh, and yet, in, a, in another way, the first four books are intended to create a firm foundation of the Ascended Master Jehudi, spelled D J E H U T Y, also known as Thoth or Toth, Saint Germain, and Merlin and sometimes other names. Uh, giving us a foundation of basically WTF is happening on Earth. Question mark? Okay, here you go. What does it mean to evolve now? What do we need to do? How can we understand the human multi-life journey? How can we understand patriarchy, karmic relationships? How can we understand sexual healing? How can we understand what spirit guides are? Uh, basically, WTF about a lot of different things. And he explains all these things. So in a certain way, those first four books are, are, are that. Uh, they are compiled or con- uh, uh, collected in Jehudi Speaks. And you can get them individually. And those four books are Approaching Love, Understanding Loss and Death, Goddess Past, Present, and Future, and Conscious Revolution, Tools for 2012 and Beyond. So that's the first four books. And then the fifth book, as a standalone volume, is Conscious Living, Conscious Dying. And the sixth book is Slavery and Soul. With the fifth and sixth books, Conscious Living, Conscious Dying and Slavery and Soul, the idea is I've been asking him more pointed questions that go beyond those foundational teachings in the first four books. So anyway, just to point out to you the structure, in case you aren't familiar with the fact that I channel books or what the story is, it's a long-term story here. <laughs> uh, for, for about seven years I've been telling this channeling story um, in, these, in these books and all the MP3s and uh, different things that I channel from this, uh, from this being. So Slavery and Soul is um, quite, a, quite a little volume. Uh, it's kind of a quick read. Um, I think it's the shortest of all six channeled books, uh, but it cuts to the core of a fundamental thing in our Earth history, and our collective unconscious, in our emotional bodies, and our karmic memories, which are stored in our emotional bodies, uh, for everybody on the planet. And at some point in the last day or so, I was nudged by Jehudi uh, to record this particular section that, that uh, is at the, almost at the very beginning of Slavery and Soul, and it's called Four Truths. Basically, there are four truths you, reader slash human, need to accept if you are going to understand and heal the slavery thing that's been created across time by souls, etc. So this section uh, I read and I didn't practice it, so there might be. I think there's a couple little errors. Uh, but um, and if you're one of those people who's like super attuned to those errors and are critical, just get one of those like rubber bands, and put it around your wrist. And when you're annoyed, if you're lis- when you're listening, if you're annoyed, just snap that rubber band against your wrist. And don't write me and say, you clicked your tongue on. Anyway, <laughs> I just remember when I did uh, Unraveling Karma, the first podcast I did. Um, on iTunes, and I, I really wanted some reviews, and I really wanted feedback, you know, Pluto and Libra, whatever, uh, and this person wrote, um, you're clicking, I ca- all I can hear is you're clicking, I think you have good info, but you're clicking, you're, your tongue is clicking, your lip smacking is what it was, or whatever it was, anyway, so that was like my one of my first reviews, so anyway, this is from Slavery and Soul, the book, as a paperback, is available through my site, tdjacobs.com and is also available through Amazon and the P, and the ebook is available through Kindle as well as as a PDF ebook through tdjacobs.com so you have some options if you're interested in this and and what what typically happens is somebody jumps into uh, the process here in books 2 through 6 and then they realize they want to start over from the beginning so that's why I explained this whole thing about the six books and how they how they work um, I will tell you that all channeled material seeks to alter your consciousness, so just be aware of that. I did, in this reading, intentionally not go into channeling mode, and it's the first time ever I've been able to read my channeling that I've done without slipping into that mode or having Jehudi come through. So, anyway, I did it as best I could so you wouldn't be terribly altered, uh, but when you get the book, you're going to be. Just just be aware. Um Okay, so I'm going to uh, leave that there and tell you to uh, enjoy this excerpt, maybe 21 uh, minutes of, of that reading. Four Truths, the expert, er, ex, the expert, the Excerpt from Slavery and Soul Ascent, uh, from Ascended Master Jehudi channeled by me. Bye-bye. The first truth you must accept if you are to truly understand the dynamics of slavery and your human history on both sides of it over time, slavery exists on all parts of the Earth timeline. It reflects one angle of the critical need of all that is to explore power dynamics while in human form. Slavery, the owning and using of people, is an expression of the core motivation that creates the power-based games humanity has been cycling through for as long as it has existed. You at times believe you are separate from divine source, also called all that is, and you seek to explore the myriad ways you can come to perceive that you are powerful. Otherwise, you may see yourselves as helpless victims born to suffer and, at some point, die. It's not a fun picture to live with, that in your mind and heart, so you try to make yourselves feel better through the externally directed games that bring and take away what your minds believe power to be. It will be obvious to many of you in these games that through them you are seeking to be strong, but you need to see that you are predominantly defining strength as something that can be derived only from external sources. When you receive through it the externally projected games what you consider to be power, you will do anything to hold on to it and make sure that no one can take it from you. In this state, you often live in perpetual fear that it can and will be taken away. The fact is that the money may go, youth will fade, others will tire of the charm or attractiveness you believe will keep you likable and safe, and you will, at some point, die. You may live this way for many lifetimes without gaining conscious awareness of the cost of living in and from this fear, living your life as you tend to do with no thought to the vibrations you generate and live by. If you were connected to self-love through absolute unflinching self-knowledge and self-acceptance, you would inhabit your divine power as a portion of all that is. You would cease seeking to latch onto and grabbing for external images of what you think power is supposed to be and look like. If you were thus connected, the whole inside you, the sense of lacking divine love because you are separated from it and seem to be alone as you live and age on your way to a certain death, would be filled with self-awareness and acceptance. You would note the normal human tendency to assume that power comes from external sources, and you would love that part of your human nature. You would love it because it evidences your portion of all that is, divine intelligence or source, as it learns to go from fear into love, which is the purpose of each of your human lives on earth. You would playfully catch various parts of yourself focused on external power, in repeating their beliefs that power comes from doing, having, taking, overpowering, or killing something or someone. You would also be the source of love for yourself, aligning your conscious human self with your divine self, your soul. The second truth you must accept. All souls involved in slavery are divine beings agreeing to explore this kind of externally based power dynamic together. Nothing of import can happen to a human without all of the souls involved engaged in a mutually loving conspiracy behind the scenes. This includes all wonderful and awful experiences, all celebrations and all traumas. Every important life dynamic and experience of a human reflects and brings to life the themes the involved souls are living out while human. Each soul does this in order to learn what it means to be human given a wide variety of variables. Each of us does so over the course of many lives, spread out across the Earth timeline, in order to have access to all the kinds of variables available to humans. Souls don't incarnate on Earth only to be happy. And your soul's ideal for you has nothing to do with life, the world, or others being required to keep you safe and reassure you that things are all right. Souls, as portions of all that is, already know what happiness and love are all about. Happiness, stemming from generous love and acceptance of all things and all beings, is the normal, natural state of all souls. We come here to live as humans, to explore what it's like to be here and, ultimately, to get back to that loving state while embodied. Along the way, We naturally have all manner of frightening, painful, and frustrating challenges, just as we naturally have experiences based in happiness, joy, creativity, and other wonderful energies. In the predominant way of thinking about slavery on earth, there are oppressors and victims. I call this overall mindset humanity has developed, the victim-perpetrator paradigm. Your human mind cannot force its powerful logic into any other sort of notion, whether you feel sorry for the victims or not, and hate the oppressors or not. In your schema of how it goes down, certain kinds of people are kidnapped, stolen, sold, or captured from home, village, or military situation, and forced into servitude of one kind or another. These are the kinds of situations that can make it difficult for some of you to believe in a loving God, by the way, because your powerful logic of mind cannot reconcile the image of a loving God with this kind of obviously awful thing that individuals, communities, and tribal groups experience. If God exists, you ask, how could we do these things to each other? How could he let these things happen? But you must consider what God you think is in charge of things. Each and every human is a portion of divine consciousness, also known as all that is, and therefore is a God, a piece of what you term God. There is no external power doing these things, or failing to do its job and letting suffering result. You are it. And all that is, is learning through your and all other humans' experiences what owning and using other humans is like and costs, and what it's like and costs to be someone who is owned by another. I charge you to get grounded and become willing to see all the things that people do to each other as a reflection of souls' agreements with other souls to learn everything they can through the lens of the myriad possible human experiences. When you can truly do this, and still love yourself and others, you will be stepping into a mature experience of yourself as a portion of the divine. Then you can see that certain themes will manifest in your life, and how it is that you can and do in fact have choice in how that process happens and how you respond to what is in your life. In this mode, you will be able to see all that happens to you and others as serving your divine mission, and you will see how to effortlessly and freely give others the benefit of the doubt, ending victim-perpetrator perceptions that are currently draining you of your divine power. Yes, deciding that you and others are wrapped up In an inescapable victim-perpetrator situation leaks your energy. Adopting this worldview causes you to lose energy, which is power, in the face of what has hurt you. My mission, and all of my teaching, is to support you in coming out of disempowering perceptions and attitudes so you can step into your divine power as a soul living life as a human. But only you can decide to do so, and step into your power as a divine being living a human life. Ceasing to see through the victim-perpetrator lens is crucial to human evolution now. What stands in the way of letting it go for many may be a sense of overwhelm from the pain, suffering, and sorrow that you have known and carried for many lifetimes. These feelings can seem too awful suddenly to make meaningless by choosing to take some form of responsibility for what has happened. You have come to identify as what has hurt you, what has happened to you against your conscious will. Now your main job is to learn to deal with the stored emotions that have become built up in your energetic field. This is a large topic I explore in other texts and materials offered through this channel. For our purposes in this text, Understand that the primary route to your evolution during this time is to learn to effectively deal with emotions still with you from the past, as well as to learn to manage your feeling nature now. As a divine being, each time you perceive something happens to you, you miss an opportunity to own the power that you do have. As a soul, which is a portion of all that is, your various levels of consciousness are vibrating energies that are, in effect, divine commands. This is the nature of karma, which are beliefs tied to emotions. You assign meaning to why, in a given situation, you were hurt or helped, hated or loved, and that meaning can become entrenched in your consciousness to the point of vibrating non-stop, and as a result, creating your 3D reality around you. You will want to believe the 3D things happening around you as true and real, because 3D seems real to you, and so you accept the manifestations of these pained or joyous beliefs in the material world as true. When this happens, things get cemented in your energy field and consciousness, and, therefore, your life. But they are not true. They are manifest, They are happening because you are vibrating them into existence. Given this, if you believe that a painful thing has been done to you, you are giving power to the manifestation of what you have vibrated. You must instead own what is manifested in 3D in your life as the concretizing of something vibrating in your energetic field or in some level of consciousness, including the unconscious, you must assume that you have vibrated every single thing you have ever experienced into manifestation. When you can do this with acceptance, graciousness, gratitude, and love, then you are no longer playing at and becoming a victim, and the true power of your divine self as a loving being can become available to you. Above, I mentioned that you develop identities surrounding what has happened to you. If you believe that you are your past and what you have experienced, it becomes easy to succumb to an error in logic through using the wrong kind of logic. Your human logic, that of your linear logical mind, cannot grasp the logic of your soul, which is that of the divine. I challenge you to begin identifying instead as a divine being who is a work in progress, learning through making choices, and dealing with the consequences. Vibrating all you experience into manifestation so that you can learn to go from vibrating fear into vibrating love. This is what your soul is here to do, and so it is imperative that you learn it. At some point you will, but you alone will decide how much suffering you're willing to endure by living through a lens of powerlessness. One in which things happen to you, and you're the hapless victim of circumstance or the wills of others. Slavery is one of the realities on your planet that inspires a tremendous amount of pain in large groups of people across the centuries. This pain can run so deep that most are not sure how to let it into consciousness, let alone heal it. Anger is a most common response to pain, and I encourage you to commit to viewing and interpreting all anger as a response to, and ultimately covering over or masking, pain. This will help you see how to be less distracted by the fire and drama of anger so that you can get through to the pain behind it. You have the option to feel less on the defensive when anger is present in the world around you or in yourself so that something productive can come out of the experience of feeling it. As I have elucidated elsewhere, all of your souls, lives, records are in your emotional body now. If you respond to the reality of slavery with anger, this is okay, Know that this is a natural, because you have experienced slavery from both sides of the story at various junctures on the earth timeline. But please be committed to remembering that remaining angry will not let you get to the source of the pain, which is of deep disempowerment, the deepest sense of powerlessness that humans can carry and feel. Please decide that you are stronger than this anger and pain, because you can choose to generate love through compassionate acceptance and gratitude. Some life situations, and this definitely includes slavery, are harder nuts to crack by getting back to love, but the process results in the most rewarding experience any human can have, reuniting with the divine within through choosing to align with and embody divine love. The rationale for slavery in any given time and place is economic, one of the many arenas onto which humans have externally projected dreams of gaining and holding power. The criteria that in a given time and place define what kind of people are enslaved will vary. Skin color, ethnic heritage, tribal identity, geographical relationships, competition for resources, religion, gender, economic or immigration status, and other variables can come into play in different situations. Realize that any of these rationales for making others slaves in a given time and place is part of the experiment of all that is to learn about what true power is. Anytime a set of humans encounters a new set of others, there is the opportunity to respond to them with welcomeness or with fear. Sometimes it's a mixture of the two, And there are many times when groups meeting each other for the first time succeed in giving each other the benefit of the doubt and creating a positive shared experience together. Many of you have felt over time separated from Source, from Divine Love, as you coalesce around identifying features or shared ancestry of your own people. Many groups of humans all over the timeline have developed an us-versus-them attitude, a tribal identity that leads to the group shielding and protecting itself from others, making others wrong for being different, and making up stories about others to make one's community feel better about itself and worse about the others. It is true that in many of your soul's lives you were taught to fear and fight those other people who are different from you. Humans across time have feared that there is not enough for all, And the truth is that material reality functions in response to the energetic flow within you, as I have mentioned above and will describe in detail in the next section. You have, therefore, worried at times for your survival and viewed others as threats to it. This worry has created scenarios in which it seems to become true that there is not enough because if you think, feel, and believe it, it will come true in 3D around you. For much of human history, it has been difficult for ethnic, religious, and other kinds of groups not to feel or perceive they are in competition for resources of all kinds with other groups. Cooperation among different groups certainly has happened and does happen, but I want to focus on what has gone on when it has not. If you are to heal the reality of the slavery that exists across all Earth timeline and, in fact, still lives within your energetic fields now, you need to understand and see clearly the kinds of logics and rationales for assuming that people and groups different from you are somehow less than human, and this topic cuts deeply for many. A third truth that must be understood to fully grasp this topic and to heal millennia of oppression and pain surrounding the global reality of slavery, each and every one of you has, at some point along the Earth timeline, been a slave. A slave. There is not one among you wonderful souls having temporary human trips who has chosen to avoid being owned by and put to work in some way by others. Whether it is because of a debt, skin color, religion, marriage, being a prisoner of war, or any other reason, you have all been through it. Not all of you, right this minute, feel the memory of that kind of way of life, because not all of you need in this moment of this particular human life to process it. But, It's there. All of you have been in that situation in various lives. All of you have been slaves. It is a natural and normal part of the process of each portion of all that is, each soul, to experience it. It's part of being on earth as a human, and every single soul is incarnating on earth in a variety of lives in order to go through all that humans can go through, including disempowering realities such as slavery. The fourth truth, each and every one of you has, at some point along the Earth timeline, owned slaves. This is not something that many would want to admit into consciousness, let alone own it as a truth. But it is one, and you need to admit and own it. The kinds of power imbalances inherent in slavery the injustice and oppression, are woven into the intentions of All That Is to learn about life as humans given different variables in different lives. All the different possible scenarios humans go through have been lived by each of you on all sides. This is the way that All That Is learns. Remember that Divine Source does not play victim-perpetrator games outside human life, and they do not identify as victims or perpetrators. Your soul and the souls of all others are engaged in loving discourse, weaving agreements and contracts based in love to help each other evolve while embodied as humans. From the soul's point of view, there is only a slight difference between being owned as a human and owning other humans. Those on both sides of the ownership equation are learning a lesson all that is becomes human to learn. What power is, where it comes from, Who gets to have it when and why, and who can take it from whom when? Souls on either side of the ownership game of slavery are exploring together what it feels like to live through a power imbalance together, and it is a profoundly important path to walk together. It might not be obvious to all, but there are deep bonds on the human level that can form between abuser and abused, rapist and raped, owner and slave. The charged dynamics between humans working through such intense karmic individual and collective soul-educating experiences are some of the most intense available for humans to experience. Always you must remember that there are souls behind the scenes, and that these souls are entangled in a divine conspiracy of love to provide each other myriad opportunities to, while temporarily in human form, go into and be in fear, and transform out of it into love.